This week on Prequel Sequel Remake. Hey, hey, kid, what's with the look? I'm only stealing your childhood. Give me your warrior's death. This is my house, Matilda, and we will all be safe under my roof. Don't miss Prequel Sequel Remake. Yeah, it's like around the fucking madman, just yeah. fucking casually drinking, just back to back. Just oh, next scene. Here's another bourbon. <laughs> Here's another couple of cigarettes. Let me go drive home. Yeah, let's drive home. Drive home hella drunk and into the into the ditch, and then we're yeah. like, "Yeah, let's pretend this never happened." Yeah. Although, like, you're looking pretty good. You wake it up with all these bloody noses. You're, like, oh yeah, you're, I'm fine. Bruise is gone. Like, I do like that John Hamm. I think his like face oh. shape. Just put him in a Batman costume already. He's no, make, make him Clark Kent. He's Superman. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Even he is more so. Superman. Thank oh, you for yeah. correcting me on yeah. that. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the thing I hate the most about Mad Men is the people who didn't get it and were kind of glorifying what it's portraying. Yeah, it's kind of. I would say it's ambiguous as to whether or not the show is because it's like well it's showing how shitty it is but it's also showing them like looking fucking cool drinking right. and smoking so yeah. of course it's like oh yeah. I mean can't have a watch and be like yeah even me as a black man, man, uh, uh, black man, I'm <laughs> black man, <multiple, multiple> <laughs> men. Uh, 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 like, 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 even though these are a bunch of like racist, mean old fucking white rich guys, I'm just like watching them like smoking and stuff. I'm like, ah, these guys are fucking bad. They're wearing cool, they're wearing <laughs> cool, just, just maintaining <laughs> total lucidity, like, yeah. just getting trashed from morning, noon, and night, and then even late at night, dude's like. It's, it's 1 a.m. And it's like, just come over and let's have a drink. It's like, all right, I'm coming over. It's like, you're really going to go <laughs> over there? It's the middle of the night. You're going to pound more booze? And then what? Fucking what? Go uh, home man. and then go to back to work? Don't forget infidelity. Oh, yeah. Like, so just much. Copious, rampant, yeah. rampant infidelity. So there you go. I got sex, smoking, drinking, glorifying, uh, you know, the good old boys. There's, the, there's that episode where Don goes to the fucking... Uh, uh, doctor, and he, he claims he's cut down on his smoking and drinking. Like, straight up, it's face toasted. lies. Yeah. <laughs> toast! It's uh, toasted. Um, wow. well, some movies shouldn't exist. Let's, <laughs> Let's pretend, pretend they, they do. do. That's what we're here to do. Uh, I'm Peter Hunter. I'm Desmond Port. And I'm Scott Hanshu. Uh, and welcome to the... The new. To, the new. Prequel, sequel, remake. New yeah. and improved. We're going to talk about some changes we've made around the old yeah. studio. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, yeah, we moved some desks around and opened up the space. It's all loungy and relaxing. We got a turntable out. We got a crate of bourbon. Like, literally a wooden crate full of bourbon. And, uh... Uh, yeah, we got. I'm smoking fucking cigarettes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, directly into the capsule of my expensive microphone. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm light. It enhances the pipe. sound. Yeah, if how today's the- episode is brought to you by Lucky Strike. Uh, no, scratch that. That's just still a company, right? Is, yes, it is. Oh, <laughs> that's probably it's also not a bowling alley in the city. Uh, um, but yeah, if Howard the Duck taught us anything, is that we should smoke lots of cigars and not worry about the consequences. But we're not here to talk about Howard not the Duck. Not anymore. No, uh, what it's are we done? Kidding? This is the past. Yeah, we're moving on. We'll only think about it when we close our eyes when we try to wander off into sleep at the darkest hours of the night. Talking about Howard the Duck. I like that we've heard that song so much and we've never 
never made the like choice no, we, to learn any of the lyrics. My lyrics. It's more, it's more fun as gibberish. <laughs> it's better not to know. I yeah, find, it, it but is. speaking of informing things, um, well, today's episode. Yeah, it's exact. Thank you, Desmond. <laughs> so, hey, hey, hey! Welcome back, folks. It's it's your boy Desi Desi B. Uh, uh, no, scratch that from the record. We're not, we're not going to call you Desi B. Scratch it. <laughs> uh, uh, the, today's film the is uh, the 1996 <laughs> children's family hit Matilda, directed by Danny DeVito, starring Mara Wilson, Danny DeVito, Rhea Perlman, M. Beth Davids, and uh, Pam Ferris. Um, and, uh, you know, short synopsis based on the beloved Roald Dahl novel. Roald young- Dahl. Roald Dahl. Roald Dahl. Roald Dahl. Uh, a young genius who is mistreated and neglected by her family accidentally starts World War III when... What? Sorry. What? <laughs> Runs afoul of her school's strict and surly principal. All right. Oh, and uh, she discovers she has powers. Hijinks ensue. I was going to say, I don't remember that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, I'd be... I mean, I'd It might have made a more interesting movie. They did have the... The, the principal was very Commandant-esque, very yeah. oh, over-the-top, <laughs> just Nazi caricature-type, yeah. you know, dealy. But, yeah, just, we'll get to the Trunchbull yeah. in depth, in a but just to circle back here, um, this movie came out, you know, when we were little kids. We were fucking we little. We were in elementary 1996? school. 1996? Yeah. Yeah, 96, yeah, we are in elementary school. Um, what do you, does, Scott... I'll start with Scott. Uh, okay. what, what do you remember about this uh, movie when you were in elementary school? I remember the poster. <laughs> she's very smug and like... like um, yeah, yeah, she's, she's just giving a little smile. It's mostly a full-frame thing. The poster's mostly blue. Yeah. So, yeah, it is blue. There's like, uh, like household uh, objects floating around her. Yeah, yeah. I might have seen a preview or two. Some kind of inkling of... Special powers going on. Uh, other than that, that's 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 all I remember. I remember I saw it. I I generally liked it. And we were little. We were like seven or eight. Yeah, probably. we were definitely. But little. I, I I really liked the movie. Um, I remember it was always one that would be put on <clears throat> on like rainy days at school when you couldn't go out to recess. It was like one mm. that the teacher had around. Um, so I see, I'd seen it that. a lot as a kid. Hadn't seen it in. Jeez, probably 20 years um, before watching it for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. It was nothing I ever watched at home. Didn't own it. <laughs> you know, I feel, but, but uh, saw it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, you, you, you have a little memory tied to this whole film marooning? Um, I will say, um, in, so in elementary school, my best friend uh, was a lady. Um yeah, l- watch out, ladies. You know, oh, wow. yeah, from the beginning. Wow. Now that that's trashy as hell. I do not endorse that joke I just made. That's uh, a- <laughs> you don't have to stand by everything you say. <laughs> you don't. I mean, next week's 2018. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, ahead. um, so I got taken to this movie for like. Uh, like play dates and I also I remember this one and Harriet the Spy in particular dude they fucking like really blend yeah, they when, do. when I'm they remembering them and they're both good, good really good movies yeah they're like, good, for, they're good, good kids great movies. kids movies yeah. I, 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 I'm sorry go ahead yeah no I, and I will say when I was a kid I'd be like I kind of like this but I'm a boy why? Like, I was, like, challenging my own masculinity at the time. Like, now looking back at it, it's totally ridiculous. Like, I like, you know, playing a movie starring ladies. There aren't that many, unfortunately, Hollywood. Yeah, but, but I understand but, yeah. being a, a shitty little 90s boy. Yeah. Uh, and, like, like, like that. Yeah, like, oh, oh, I sucked. Uh, yeah. We all sucked. None of us were good. No, no, but, like, oh, I've yeah, always been pure at heart, Peter. 
here's a. <laughs> I've always been. I will maintain. Do you need more bourbon, Scott? Yeah, just I, a little. I will. I, I, no, no, no. I, I, you're onto something, Peter. Because I will say that Matilda and Harriet the Spy were very instrumental in me as a little dude, like being like, oh yeah, I can identify with a female protagonist. Um, was you know, it, wasn't Harriet the Spy like a Nickelodeon TV show? Though? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. You're no, it was the first Nickelodeon original film. Yeah, but there was a TV show. Which it's it's Maybe. good. It's uh, Harriet the Spy. I'm sorry to go off on it, and I won't go too into it because we'll go off! later. But um, Harriet the Spy has some really fucking deep themes about you know friendship in there. Um, if I recall correctly, and fucking espionage. Yeah, right. Yeah. Who can you trust? Fucking red scare. <laughs> uh, Harriet the. Sp- <laughs> Harry, that's why being waterboarded. Russian neighbor oh, okay. moves in. Oh, yeah. Cool. Okay. Cool. <laughs> it was the, oh, God. Backtracking a bit. Yeah, back to uh, Matilda. Uh, uh, long yeah. story short, she learns to love her neighbor, even despite their differences, and it was a wholesome episode. It was. You yeah. know, fucking... Wholesome that, that episode of Doug. Dear yeah. Diary, some... <laughs> oh, oh god future scott bleep all of that out <laughs> why are all these 10 year olds why, how are all these 10 year olds getting money to go to like burger stands all the time and like what are they doing it's called an allowance why do they try peter? to bring it's back called scat al- it's called why, an allowance peter who wanted scout scat back who wanted it back uh, Anyone? The, the Scat Man? Yeah, he's, he was huge in Europe. Uh, he's huge everywhere. Uh, the Scat Man uh, is a legend. Uh, scat Man will never die. Uh, I didn't tell, tell Patty uh, before I... Uh, oh, my uh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> oh. All right, this has already gone incredibly off the rails. It's gone really... Okay, uh, let's bring it back to... All right, back... Back to... You funny. How about another swirl, you stupid... Wow. <laughs> for, for new listeners, hello. Um, Scott hates Doug with such a burning, intense passion. Whoa. I don't hate Doug. I hate Doug's first movie. You do not like Doug. I don't like Doug. But but I know a lot about is it, Doug. Is it possible that because some of Because we all watch these episodes like time and time again. Because it was on. Because it was, it was, it was on. It was on. And it's you were waiting on. for the show you wanted to be on to be on. There's a bomb in the lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> oh my writer's block! Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, well, cool, you know, cool, cool. Yeah, you know, Fuck. Doug's first movie. Let's bring it back to Matilda's first yeah. movie. Yeah. Let's bring it back Let's to Matilda's, Matilda's first movie. Matilda's only movie until later. Yeah, until tonight. coming up um, tomorrow, today, today. But yeah, um, um, I, I really enjoyed Matilda as a kid. Uh, yes. I think I think it is interesting that that young child love of movies about unfortunate children. Mm. I, I've never really understood it. Cinderella type shit, you know. Every Disney kids movie. love watching yeah. shit about abused kids. Well, it se- but, would but, seem. But I would say that these are these are the only movies that are widely distributed to children, and they just so happen to have a lot of these themes. I think you know, there's sure. a lot of things going into it, but I think you know, one of the things that plays into it is that uh, they're obviously preying on the idea. You know, children. You know, everybody remembers like to be a kid. They they forget how like how the loneliness that is like. That goes with, you know, being young and, you know, not really, you know, the adults, mm-hmm. they're all, they might, you know, talk to you a certain way, but they're all, they're all looking down on you. You know, they're not taking a word you say seriously, even yeah. though, you know, kids are obviously, you know, very with it and, and smart and, and not given enough credit. They really so I think, are. I think it, it plays to <clears throat> all of the, you know, it plays on the heartstrings, all that stuff. I think that's one of the things that, 
you know, for better or for worse, is, is why it's commonly employed in all these kids' movies. But, yeah. but to Matilda's credit, there is, it, it, it's a little scary in parts. There's yeah. peril. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Those that's really dick important. Dick parents. In, in, yeah, dick parents. <laughs> oh, they're terrible. But I think that's important in kids' movies. A lot of them. Um, oh, yeah. um, the fluffy, yeah, the fluffy, fluff, everything's fine angle, which is starting to really kind of go away. I think, uh, um, yeah, for a while now. But in, wh- where, in which kids' movies do you actually see that? You know what I mean? Like almost go away. Almost all of them is like you know, just just like horribly broken family settings, or like you know, given most of the Disney movies, it's almost always like some orphan. Yeah, you know I mean, I mean like, they couldn't even 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 Goofy I don't know, single I, parent. Yeah, they couldn't even give Goofy a a partner. <laughs> I mean, as a life. as a kid, it kind of goes over your head and like, yeah, whatever. I don't know. I just kind of like Aladdin. You know, who cares? But like looking back, and I was like, wait a minute. Like, why are all of these protagonists like? From broken homes, like you're primarily like an audience that's like, it, it. You know, some of them are in decent homes, so I don't yeah, understand. Like, right. why are you identifying with this so much? Like, you, your parents probably love you. So, you did know? anyone read the book? I, I mean, I did when I was a child. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, the only thing I remember from the book, and this is super sad, is when she's getting tea at Miss Honey's house. She has margarine. And she's like, oh, she must be poor. She's using margarine. Damn, And Matilda? I had margarine at my Fuck. house, and internally oh. I was like, well, Matilda, well. Well, you, you, you <laughs> wow. looking down your nose, you fucking douchebag. Yeah, but, but that's all I remember. You know, Roald Dahl books, if you haven't read any of them, they tend to, like, have underlying, like, darker themes than, you know, how they're presented. Except for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That is really up front. We're like, hey, you gonna mess around? Punished, yeah, you yeah, will die. You know, Implied death. I, I have a lot. You get sucked up this tube and die in <laughs> underwater in yeah. some horrific vacuum-sized ex- death. You're gonna explode in blueberry juice. <laughs> I have a lot of love for Roald Dahl books. Uh, a oh, lot I of those like stories definitely influenced me, and um, um, yeah, I, you know, I, and Matilda's a really good adaptation. There's differences, but man, uh, uh, the Trunchbull, and we'll get on her in a bit. Oh yeah, what, what a fucking great casting. Uh, choice oh, perfect. There. Um, but yeah, moving right along, let's talk characters, boys. Yeah. Mm. All right. Matilda, the lovely Mara, Rils- uh, Mara, Mara Wilson. Wilson. Sorry, Mara Wilson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mara Wilson now an author um, in general, just like a really funny, clever person. Yeah, she's way yeah. cool. Yeah, um, no, she's um, super she was cool. Definitely. Um, man, what what were her other? Mo- was she Mrs. Doubtfire? She was Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. She was also Magic in the Water. I think oh. the, the the Nessie sort of movie. And I think one of her last big hmm. like theatrical releases was Thomas and the Magic Railroad. Oh, that's which, unfortunate. Which is a, a really bad movie in a good yeah. way. Oh. Everyone go check it out. Alec Baldwin takes the role of the conductor. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. Guys. Hey, I'm just here to, uh, you know, the train. Train's moving. You're a little pig. <laughs> um, oh, that's a really good Alec Baldwin guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a pompous asshole. I mean, he's a part of an acting family. Of course he is. All the Baldwins are dead. <laughs> you missed me. Um, yeah. You know, um, very good child actor. Yeah. I, uh, I will give it like like it cannot be easy doing that shit as a kid. No, we all know it. We all know the, the trials and tribulations uh, mm-hmm. that, that, that child actors go through. Uh, 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 Mara Wilson's been very vocal about those types of, of issues, but mm-hmm. uh, um, she gave it her all in Matilda. I would say her performance, maybe not intentionally, comes off a little creepy. Matilda seems kind of detached. I, I think mm. that's, I think that's the fault of the direction. <laughs> maybe, and a maybe lot of tonal choices. I'm not saying the acting is bad. No, in any way. Uh, but but there are parts where like, man, you're kind of a creepy little kid, Matilda. I mean, 
I think just inherently a super smart child is a little unnerving because you're like, hey, we're supposed you? to struggle a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah Me yeah. adulty, me smarty, you. Why are you so smart? Well, maybe you probably hit the nail on the head there. Why? Why I yeah. felt that way. Um, yeah. um, but she's lovely and... Um, yeah, I mean, title character. Yeah, uh, um, good performance. I will say the last child actress they have playing like four-year-old Matilda yes. before she becomes like six-year-old Matilda does not look like Mario Wilson. No, like, there's all. not enough an age gap for those two yeah. girls to morph yeah. into Come each on, other, casting. and you have it in the same Come on, same shot. It's like. Four-year-old and a like five-year-old. Yeah, like, it's, I don't know. Like, it did, that didn't work. For it me, worked but. on paper until it didn't. Um, yeah, I think part of that is also like you know if you think about it, Matilda's kind of the the precursor in a lot of ways to the Harry Potter craze, but also to the creepy girl horror movie franchise phrase. So it was kind of like the budding point from which those movie tropes sort of split off in a way. Elaborate, Scott. I want to hear you elaborate on that. You know what I'm talking about? Like The Ring and like all of these movies that have got like creepy little girls in them that are like, she's a little girl, but she's, you know, she's, you know, because there's always this thing about media mystic qualities of women. So they've always got this like, you know, connection to the other side because they can, you know, bear children or whatever. And it's like, I'd say that stems from a lot of horror movies in the 70s and 80s, especially foreign horror films, like Japanese ones like you're linking to. I, I don't necessarily agree that Matilda spawned that. I don't think it's the direct I, I might agree with I Harry Potter. It's like, it's like, I might agree with Harry Potter. It's like you don't you don't just say that one stream make you know contributes into the entire river. They all merge together, is what I'm saying. You know, it's like so it was it was it was upstream of all of this stuff that came later. Could I just be drawing a line between two things that exist in time? Yes. Do I need more than two data points to do that? No, not at all. Well, it's also a book that came out like 30 years prior. Yeah, definitely. Too. Am so I you the do only have a one? point? You do Wait, have a point. Roll doll. Roll doll is a male or female? Male. Male. Okay. Not not enough people named Roll for me to like Rolled. really know Rolled. that. R O A L D. Hey hey hey. Roll, what, roll what you're stating? Rolled. What you're stating is like kind of or like maybe not so the, the, the creepy child, but like the child abuse themes are yeah. pretty steady throughout all Roll doll books. Uh, yes, or absent. Probably. I know what you're saying though. Um, yeah. Which you know, speaking of like that craze, let's move on to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Wormwood, played by Dane DeVito uh, and his uh, wife, uh, uh, Rhea Perlman. Yeah. Um, um, Dane DeVito, also the director. They're basically the fucking Dursleys. They are. They are absolutely uh, the Dursleys. Uh, over the top, just scumbag, just absolutely very ignorant. You know, Skeevy, portrayed in that way. Car salesman, cheeser oh. ass, fuck. The grossest, uh, like eating the TV dinners, like in front of like two feet in front of the tiny television. They're like right. just watching like whatever trash is on. Um, looking straight out of a John Waters film. Oh, he does. <laughs> he does look like a like if you crunched John Waters down to Dude, Danny DeVito's size. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. exactly what oh, it is. Hey, that's, 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 good. <laughs> that's so good. Oh man, John Waters would be great. John Waters is fucking awesome. Oh, I should. Yeah. Oh man, I should have made him my hey, director. Oh, whatever. Hey, I will. I will it's say too something. Late now. And it's I, too late. I, I a little side story. I, you know. You like the loose form? I'm gonna, I'm gonna branch off. I, sure. I snuck, a, I, I snuck a John Waters movie when I was like 
seven or eight. Oh, I bet you didn't understand it at all. I didn't understand it at all because it was rated R. I thought there'd be sex in it. Um, <laughs> I, I, it was, yeah, there might, I, I there was might like have been. Desperate, desperate living or something. I, I think that was, was the one. It, it was like grotesque and it fucked me up. A and, lot of his movies <laughs> are grotesque. <laughs> oh, that Most, explains it. I would say, uh, <laughs> yeah. I would say every one of his movies except Hairspray probably has grotesque moments in it. I love John Waters now. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I love John absolutely. Waters too. You know, uh, we, Pink Flamingo, not, the greatest not, film ever oh, yeah. made. Not for kids. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not about shielding kids, but John Waters movies are not for fucking kids. No, they're definitely not. Uh, uh, Rita, uh, Rita and I, were, we, when we were in Baltimore one time, we actually visited the uh, the uh, place that John Waters would get a lot of his like costumes from. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just That's a, rad. Just a tidbit that I thought of. They're like, oh yeah, that, yeah. yeah, that was cool. It, is in, in, in the way he embraces interesting stuff. Oh yeah, yes. The way he embraces weirdos. Yeah, he definitely finds char- characters in real life and then writes to their yeah. strengths as opposed to writing and then casting. I mean, weirdos in the best of ways. It's, but if I say if I say weirdo. I mean, come on! Look at look at where look who's speaking. Yeah, I would, it, right. Yeah, I, I would say unconventional people. Unconventional, yeah, unconventional. Because yeah. weirdo can point to pedo. Yeah, well, yeah. I, mean, I wasn't making that leap, but you know, I wasn't making that leap. Well, I mean, it could be, you know, cre- it could be. It, it has, could, a, it could be. It has yes, a, you're right. If people take it, the it has wrong a bad way. connotation. It has a bad connotation. Yeah. Eccentric, yes. uh, eccentric, unconventional. Yeah, there you go. Unless you're weirdo. In which case, you know, hey, yeah. you, he's fucking owning. By the way, it. he's also you, got a Lazarus Pit in his fucking mm-hmm. garage. You know, you know well, that Weird Al yeah, is a pun, right? Did you know Weird Al is a pun on Normal? Oh, I, I really didn't. Actually, wow, this yeah. is a lifelong Weird Al. Weird Al's a pun blown, on Normal. Blowing my mind. I fucking love that man. Well, so yeah, he's, a, he's brilliant. But, uh, uh, I simply will but, not stand for people bad-mouthing Weird Al. It's no. Like, you know, he's a pure and angel. You leave. He's a gift. <laughs> Weird Al is a gift. This man, you know, it's like, you just go see him in concert and you try to tell me that man is not incredibly talented. I don't care if he's making parodies or whatever you think about making parodies of things. If you think that that's like hackneyed or whatever, it's like, yeah, who else is doing it that good? Shut no up. one. You He's a celebrated I mean? like like performer and it's funny. Yeah. I don't know. Is, and uh, all, yeah. by all but, appearances, a very nice guy. Yes. You Can be weird out. Yeah, we we love him. Come 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 back. Uh, there's also a there's also a Wormwood brother but who gives a fuck. Yeah, Michael uh, Michael Wormwood. Mo- who gives a fuck? Yeah. Fuck him. He's some yeah. stupid dweamer. That's all. Yeah, awesome. he never had another fucking wow. acting job. I hope he I hope he's bankrupt. Uh, <laughs> and moving on to Trunchbull, uh, Pam, uh, Pam, Pam Ferris. Ferris yeah, uh, there we go. Perfect casting. Oh. I did read the book. I, I think of that. I think of the, or the live action portrayal. There's oh, no yeah. way. She, she, she gave it her all. It's um, really hard to separate them. That's the... Uh, that's no. the name of the the really overbearing principal type yes. character. Yes, right? yeah. she is the principal. Now you said it while we're headmaster. Watching, you said it. Uh, it the, the the character gets old. That's not to detract from the performance because it. Yeah. she's great. Yeah, but man, the trunchbull character just, just fucking wears it on just you. Really drags on, and it's one note. And yeah, and she's fucking borderline and, Nazi, and, and that oh, and she's that, milita- she's incredibly militant and aggressive. That, that comes down to, I wouldn't put it on her. I put it more on like the director. Yeah, I would put it on the director um, because the director is the one who has to be able to see all the beats throughout the script and to mm-hmm. act accordingly. And you can just make one character from their introduction, every single scene moving forward, acting exactly the same. It's static. 
It's boring. It doesn't evolve. It's just the same thing. Even if it's really good, it's just like a chase scene that goes on for too long. Yeah. It's just too long. It, it was, just gets fucking boring. Yeah, yeah. Though I will say, as a director, I could imagine like getting that gold, like that first scene with the trench bowl and being like, yeah, I just want this every time. It's so keep doing good. It. Just keep doing it. Because yeah. it's doing it. good. It is, it is good. Oh, but yeah. It's, yeah. Hey, keep doing it. Yeah. Danny let's, DeVito. Let's not imply anything about Danny DeVito here. Did he direct it too? Yeah. Yes, he directed oh, it. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. wait a minute. I said that earlier, you yeah. fucking... We brought it up a bunch while we... Now that you mentioned it, I remember it. Whatever. <laughs> All I'm saying is, he directed it, he starred in it. He narrated and it. And he narrated it? <laughs> we'll get on that later. Yeah. Yeah, hold no, that thought. We'll get on that. Let me take this quick. I think it's best... I always gotta say this with our, with our show. It's really best if you've seen this movie. Yeah. Well, that's why we'll let we've started letting people know what the movie is ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, they can see. Um, it. I know we it's haven't really also got- not a good idea to get too close to your movie's production when it gets that big. You know what I mean? I think I think wearing all those hats, those hats start to wear a little thick. Oh, I I definitely think it's a negative. Okay. Overall. But 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 moving through the characters and then I you know. Okay, Miss Honey, another lead of the movie, but you know, she does. She she's fine, but she's just the virtuous blank slate she, character. She's, you, she's vanilla ice cream. She's just nice and yeah, and she's the, fluffy. She's sweet. She's like she, kind hearted. Like there, she she's does, also she does what she needs to do. She's a yeah, perfect perfectly foil, fine. Perfectly yeah. for a uh, perfect foil to the Trunchbull. Like it, yeah. Mission accomplished. That's it. I kept thinking of uh, uh, uh man. I think Vera Farminga. The, the actress from oh. uh, the she's in the, the the Departed and I think the Conjuring she, movies yes. one of those yeah one of those type no things. no you're right but I just kept thinking of that actress who's kind of in a lot of stuff now um but yeah I don't know Miss Honey isn't particularly interesting she's just nice to Matilda which is fine you know, and it breaks from everyone Whatever. else who is not exactly nice to but you know moving on to plot uh, uh, yeah critiques um. This movie's very uneven. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I will say um, when it gets to the school, it works very well, but yes. it takes too long to get to the school. It takes too opinion. long to get to the school, and then I think school takes too long. You know what I mean? Like, everything is just slow to develop. And, like, yeah. they kind of hint at this whole powers thing, and then they don't really develop it in a way that's, like, until it's just oh it all comes out of, you know it all comes out at once and, yeah well you know. yeah that's kind of how it happens in the book so I don't really fault them for doing it that way um, I will say that the first half I could see Danny DeVito getting too obsessed with his gags because there's all those <laughs> stup- jinks. there's yeah. all those Whoa. stupid car gags there's like I'm pouring the sawdust in I'm I'm turning back the meter I'm oh. super duper gluing it oh Peter and there's even in this movie like the classic uh uh. uh Hijinks in the the lunchroom or picnic yeah. where the the cake goes flying, whoop, 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 it falls oh, on yeah. someone. Wow, wow, wow! Oh no! I, what am I gonna do with all this cake all over me? Whoa! Food everywhere. Yeah, I I will say tonally, like it's kind of a big problem that Danny DeVito plays one of the villains in the film, and he's trying to do this whimsical narration as yeah. well. Oh, yes. Like, oh, there's, yeah. there are at least... That is probably the biggest problem in the movie. After I noticed it, I counted, like, two times where he is screaming at Matilda for no reason, like, as an abusive, terrible father would, and then after that, it's like, Matilda was discouraged, <laughs> and, like, this whimsical, relatable narrator, and it's like... I would say, I would say, add to that, omniscient narrator. Yes. He plays both a real physical character in the thing and also the omniscient narrator. It's and like- it's not like there's a nuance in his 
range. Danny DeVito is Danny DeVito. <laughs> Danny DeVito. He is. We sounds love like him. Danny DeVito. He looks like Danny. I mean, you know. We love him, but he's he he can't be anything else. He is. You imagine him getting into mischief, either like wholesome or not wholesome, and smoking a cigar. That's Danny DeVito's character and everything, as it should be. Rhea Perlman is stock, you know, Vegas lounge scummy lady character. Yeah, pretty she's much. good. Yeah, yeah Matilda. Yeah, you were gonna go get lotto scratches or whatever the fuck, you know. Yeah, exactly. Watch. She's good. I gotta watch my stories. That's her. But yeah, that that I like. That really turned me off. They could have just gotten any like British person, just any British person to narrate it, and it would have worked fine to me. You know. Yeah, right. As opposed right, to Danny right. Or Ron Howard or something. Yeah, he's a great narrator. Well, let's talk about the elephant in the room. It's the uh, alarming amount of child abuse that happens in Matilda. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's all that needs to be said. There's just an alarming amount. I mean, it's just like uh, never ending. And I guess on some levels, at least they're not sugarcoating it. No. I mean, no. you know, they're, they're kind of like putting it as it is. But on the other hand, I would say it's it's again very one note it's like the characters all have this one note that they hit they hit that note and it's like when you have a a, a cast not to say a cast but a movie that's just full of one note performances one after the other and it's really long it kind of starts to feel like at the end that you didn't really watch anything happen like really happen like the only development that happens is that she has her powers and it sort of changes the dynamic a bit yeah that that's a i mean should we get into the powers yeah now? we can yeah. talk about yeah. let's get into the powers okay um, yeah the powers it she has i don't remember it feeling this way in the book mm-hmm. it feels so tacked on in the movie it, it does come a little out of it, it really it's just like like i don't know it's kind of how she gets one over on the trunchbull yeah uh, uh in the end but even so, it just feels like oh, in the begin, the first act, there's like a scene in each act where it's like, and she used her powers. You know, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it it comes super late into the movie, it's and like, that might be the fault of the book. I'd it, have to go read the book I, again. But I just let's let's I think it was like let's an hour not uh, you know, and I understand, but let's not let's not fault the book entirely because let's 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 be honest. Things that most things that are book. To movie adaptation, a lot of them disregard the book completely. Yeah, so like if you're making an adaptation, device. I mean, you should be able to completely disregard anything that just doesn't work for the screen. Sure, yeah, sure. I'm Definitely. not saying I need some reason. Like M- Matilda is an experiment. X four two one. You know, I don't know. Like I don't need that. But it do- it just doesn't. I, 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 watching the movie, I'm like, oh yeah, she does have powers. <laughs> yeah, right. that's, that's like the whole point. Um, yeah. uh, the Boba Bobs have special powers, and let me just say this about the Boba Bobs. Oh my Bobs. god, not the Boba Bob. <clears throat> they have their it. special powers. Oh my god. Um, and they, uh, let's go. Powers. We'll use our special powers to fight off any Hey, I'm, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I, I, this is breaking news. Uh, yeah. uh, courtesy of my my lovely girlfriend, Ben uh-huh. Affleck is entering rehab for the third time. <laughs> oh, ah, well. Um, Ooh. Well, best of luck. Best of, best of luck. Ben. Well, I hope that Speedy recovery. To I hope Ben. That, I hope that multimillionaire Just, lands on his feet. Yeah. Um, I hope he has I'm enough, thinking, enough I'm resources. Text, I think this text is an emergency or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. Breaking. Uh, <laughs> 
I'm sorry, uh, I don't mean to make light of anyone's yeah, recovery at yeah. all. Um, yeah, no, definitely not. Um, no, that's not the yeah, joke. Get get healthy, do what works for you. Yeah, um, Ben. I mean, we're, yeah. we're running a little long on discussion here, so um, any last things you want to touch on before we get into the, the heart of the, yeah, the thing? Yeah, uh, I believe you had a story to tell about the cake-eating scene. Oh my god, wait, I do. This is worth it, I promise. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, um, so, um, I So, seven years old, right? So this would have been second grade, right? Um, our teacher would have us write, like, once a week, we had to write, like, a four-page little story in our journals, and that'd be, like, one of our assignments for the week. And then we'd have to do peer review things because, you know, it's easier for the teacher if someone else grades it. Um, and I remember distinctly, like, someone handing me their journal, and I read it, and it was the cake scene exactly. They had just completely rewritten the cake scene from Matilda, except they were Matilda, and the the kid eating the cake was the exact same kid. And it was I remember as a child being like, "This seems wrong" because I didn't know play, what plagiarism was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember going up. Clearly, to the te- this didn't happen to you. I, re- I remember giving it to my teacher. I think. Mrs. Peterson was my teacher at that point. I might be wrong. Um, shout out to Mrs. Peterson. Uh, uh, yeah, she's oh, definitely oh. a podcast listener. Um, and I'm being like, this seems wrong. And that kid got in trouble. Wait, because you told on them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, they plagiarized Matilda. Did you? What did you say to the teacher, though? I, d- I don't remember what I, I said. I mean, like, just like like approximation of what I, you would have said. I re- it was probably something like, this isn't their story. <laughs> this is a scene from Matilda. Yeah, well, and like, because like they, I, like Dad said, that was like a classic recess movie or like a rainy day movie. Absolutely. They were definitely familiar Absolutely. with it. You yeah. would have think that the teacher would have known. Oh, yeah. No, we, I think we had the book Boom in boy. class. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. That song. Yeah. Uh, uh, sport- basically, the reason white people should stop making music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cold lots, evidence There's lots, why. There's yeah. lots of reasons why white people should stop <laughs> making music. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. 13 Panic at the Disco albums later. Um, <laughs> it's it's not that many, but it's not that far from that many, and that's the sad part. Say uh, it ain't so. so oh, oh, Weezer too. Oh man. So she. so Scott Hanshu. Uh huh. Not Grog. Scott Hanshu. Oh, okay. Oh. Would you recommend this movie? Not exactly. No. Fair enough. You're right. a grown fucking man. Yeah. yeah. It's not for you. Um, if you had a daughter or a son, I should say. Um, I would show him something else. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Uh, I, I, I didn't I didn't dislike it. I mean, I had fun while we were watching it. And, but, you know, in terms of movies that, for me, now, that are going to, you know, kind of do something for me, it's like, I'm not going to be going to watch kids' movies, you know. Yeah, fair. Unless, Very fair. Yeah. All right, um, Desmond Ports. Uh, despite all the Dutch angles, the disconcerting amount of Dutch angles. <laughs> they are. Right. Right. It's like Battlefield uh, Earth. Uh, in there's a whimsic- Not that bad. You take that back. <laughs> there's a whimsical through line that really carries the film, and uh, while it's not my favorite thing ever, and I'm not fully you know, drawn in necessarily yeah. as an adult, like I, I would recommend it, because mm-hmm. it, it's a pretty solid kids movie. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Peter, um, yeah, I would recommend Matilda, especially if you have kids. I would say, and I didn't bring this up earlier, but the I think the coolest thing about this movie is that ultimately, it's about a little girl using her mind to solve her problems, and you know there are 
very few movies that are that. just about that. Yeah. So like that, I'd say overall it's positive. Um, so yeah, good. Um, good final note. Yeah. 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 And, Absolutely. Now uh, we'll get into the prequel, sequels, and remakes um, right after this. We'll be right back. Side note, we had a fan literally just email our email address, the word allegedly, and that was the whole email. Oh, yeah. It was both hilarious and terrifying. Allegedly. I love allegedly, it. yeah. Uh, we're, we're recording right now, We're right? recording right now. Let me just, like, shout out to the fans. Yeah, shout out yeah. to the fans. Yeah, the engagement really, like, warms my heart. Yeah. And, and I would love to talk to you all and engage with you all more. So, really, just tweet at us. Just yeah. an email. Uh, yeah. It's, you know, it's great to hear from you and hear the things you like. I guess I don't like. I mean, yeah. Uh, honestly, uh, feedback is helpful. We're not going to be so like yeah, mad. Don't be a stranger, really. We're all pretty pretty chill. Yeah. And uh, no one's going to yell at you for um, trying to start a conversation. And even if we do yell at you, we still love you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Scott. Yeah. What if I told you there was a way to directly support prequel sequel remake? Really? Oh, wow. Say I, what? Now, Peter. Yes. How would someone go about doing this? Well, um, you would just go to prequelsequelremake.com. There's a big donate button right there. Mm. Any little bit helps. Doesn't cost a lot to keep this podcast going, mm-hmm. but it does cost something. Right. And these costs are going to start adding up. So any little bit we get helps. Um, you can also directly through our platform, Anchor. Shout out to Anchor. Hi. They've been great to us. They've been fantastic. Um, they're nothing but high marks for Anchor. Um, if you go to anchor.fm slash prequel sequel remake, there's a little button there. You can become a listener supporter. It's kind of like a Patreon. You'll set up a monthly donation anywhere from $1 to $10. Literally mm. anything helps. And frankly, just leaving a review, leaving a five-star rating, tweeting at us, posting on our Facebook, Instagram, any of that is amazing, and we love it every time it happens. So, anytime you can donate an espresso shot our way, or you know, oh, we'll take that shot. A, an Uber tip, <laughs> you know, we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Great conversation. Yeah, yeah. The driver was very friendly, friendly, and the conversation was very friendly. <laughs> uh, okay, bro, I'm just gonna knock it all yeah. for you. I'm gonna give you five stars. It's all good as long as you ain't creeping. It's all good. Uh, I had an Uber driver, and I got in. He was like, "Do you want to talk?" Or do you want to sit in silence? And I was like, sit in silence. And he's like, great. And we did. And it was great. Five you know times. what I love about that? You know what I love about that? The guy, like, if you had said, I want to talk, the guy was ready to talk. Yeah, dude. no. That, that's a little funnier to me. Frankly, sometimes I like talking with my Uber drivers. So, sometimes I fucking do. Yeah, I like getting <laughs> in conversations with them. But sometimes I'm like, I like I'm going to a bar and like, oh, or oh, I'm oh. leaving a bar or I've, something. Yeah, like, we, we got this Uber driver yeah. uh, over here one time that, um, the dude was trying to talk to me about Breaking Bad, but he literally had only seen like a couple episodes. Oh, so he dear. kept making these like large leaps of logic and be like, oh, yeah, and then this happened. It's like, no. It's uh, <laughs> not fucking happening, you stupid <laughs> fucking idiot. Uh, I, I, I've started the headphone thing. I bring headphones with me. Yeah. Actually, defense. I, this may sound like a crazy person. I frequently listen to our own podcasts. Oh, really? In, in Ubers. Yeah, yeah. I have this obsessive thing where I like try to like. I'm just a sponge for weird media stuff, mm-hmm. uh, as you guys know. Yeah, uh, um, it's like uh, I'm really weird about my own content, dude. Uh, I like yeah. listen to a lot of them, and like it's just kind of trying to remember what was said in them. Yeah. Um, or listen anyway. back to like the. I, I don't listen back as much because I do all the editing, but yeah. listening back on some of them, like 
it's so hard to take the editor out of me because I'm like, ooh, I definitely missed a swear word there. I mean, <laughs> you missed a lot of swear words. I Sometimes I miss them while I'm editing because I'm like, well, I'm not going back for yeah. it. I, it's gone, you know? Yeah, I enjoy the half swear word bleeping. Aqua Teen did that. Yeah. Aqua Teen <laughs> used to do that yeah. a lot. Yeah, and yeah. I love Aqua Teen. I love Aqua Teen. Well, Shout out. Well, so let's get into the meat of the show here. The meat. All right, so. The, um, the wad of meat. So we're not Bro. doing sequel and remake yet. We're doing prequel. Yeah. Who's on prequel duty? I really actually don't remember. Um, it's Scott. Yeah, Scott. It's me. Here too. All right, Scott. You ready for to prequel Matilda? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm ready. You've been hitting your mic stand a lot today. You gotta adjust. It's because I, I am adjusting. I'm adjusting to the new space. We're yeah, loose. We're we're <laughs> we're looking at each other. We're you know, we're in a nice circle. Yeah. So it's working out. You have quite a treasure in that Haradric cube. Oh wait, no, I can do a good Deckard K. <laughs> You've got quite a treasure there in that Haradric cube. <laughs> I need a key. Stay a while and listen. Stay a while and I'm listen. I'm Heed. I could tell that you and me are going to become good friends in this here encampment. So I tell trust you. you for one fucking second, Geed. Geed, you fucking <laughs> beat him gamble, to- maybe get a fucking random item <laughs> drop. Fuck off, Geed. All right, but um, speaking of not Geed, Scott. You ready for the prequel? <laughs> ready for the prequel. All right. Is the audience ready for the prequel? Can I get a yeah? I said a yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to trust that you guys are putting your hands up. But if you have your hands on the wheel of your vehicle, don't put your hands up. <laughs> no, definitely. Don't put your hands up. Ten and up. two. You're in Ten and two. A, b- a bumpy ride. Stay um, not distracted. So if you do get pulled over while this podcast is playing, please leave it on. Fucking punch <laughs> the cop. Give the, give the cop no. Like, don't listen to up and be like, yo, you should, you should subscribe. You should leave a comment. You, yeah. should, you should rate five subscribe stars. Subscribe and stars. <laughs> yeah. All right, prequel, Scott. <laughs> Matilda prequel. <laughs> Title. <laughs> MK Tilda. Oh, no. Oh. This might line up with mine. <laughs> Tagline. Yet another distasteful movie normalizing terrible events from recent history. Oh, dear. Tagline two, fun. <laughs> Jeez, I might need a jag of booze here. You might take more than one there. Directed by John Carpenter. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Produced by the Duffer Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Outside a secret government military scientist base located on the outskirts of Fuck All America, a guard stands watch at the gate. A car pulls up and rolls down the window. It's secret scientist J.L. Gizmo, as played by John Leguizamo. Yay! He chats up the guard as he flashes his badge. Hey, Howard, how's it hanging, bro? <laughs> Pretty low to the ground, Dr. Gizmo. <laughs> yeah, any lower and you might want to get that checked out. You heard me? Doctor's orders. <laughs> you got it. Hey, uh, what are y'all doing in there all the time? Well, you know what they say. I'd tell ya, but then I'd have to kill ya. <laughs> That's foreshadowing. But seriously, don't, don't ask questions. You got it, boss. The gate opens and the doctor drives in. He sips his coffee as he bids good morning to the staff he meets at the front desk and in the hallway. Just another chipper morning at work. Dr. Gizmo swirls his keyring on his finger as he whistles and approaches the office door. Whistling away as cheerful as can be, Dr. Gizmo finds the right key and unlocks the door. Pep still rooted squarely in his step. 
Dr. Gizmo strolls down a hallway stacked to the ceiling with cages containing an array of living test subject animals. He finally reaches a guarded metal door and gets a retinal scan. Access granted. Cut to a white room with a metal table. At the table sits Subject Tilda, as played by Matilda. (laughs) In front of her hovers a series of cubes that are arranging themselves seemingly on their own. Behind the one-way mirror enters Dr. Gizmo. Sorry I'm late. What do we got going on here? It's a game cube. (laughs) What, you mean like Crazy Taxi? It's evolving. Cue the GameCube startup logo sound effect. Dr. Gizmo stands back (laughs) aghast. I also love how... Yes, Crazy Taxi is on the GameCube. is much more of a characteristically uh, Dreamcast Dreamcast game. Uh, I really love you for that. uh, Because I I own it on the GameCube too. uh, (laughs) Neither here nor there. Please continue. Dr. Dr. Gizmo stands back aghast. Holy shit. Okay, time for me to get in there. The test room door beeps open. Dr. Gizmo enters now with the clown nose on. Hey, hey, waka waka, it's me, Dr. Gizmo. Fuck, Scott. Hi, Tilda. All right, according to my chart here, you're due for another round of completely illegal, totally unethical, prolonged experiments that somehow result in you having superpowers. How does that sound to you? Tilda turns her attention from the cubes and they fall to the floor. She locks eyes onto Dr. Gizmo. Oh, no. Hey, hey, kid, what's with the look? I'm only stealing your childhood. She focuses her gaze on Dr. Gizmo, and he begins to sweat, but he is unable to move or break the stare. The other scientists scramble to abort the experiment. Get him out of there, now! Dr. Gizmo is now swelling, his tie becoming tighter, his clown nose falling off. His skin reddens as sweat pours off his curling, swollen face. Hey, come on, Tilda. Stop it! The scientists attempt to enter the room, but Tilda uses her hand to shut the door from across the room. Because powers. (laughs) Dr. Gizmo is now at maximum swelling capacity, about four times his original width. He screams and lets out a billow of steam from his nose and mouth just before exploding all over the room. A force field blast pushes all of the gore to the opposite side of the room. As the alarms ring in the background, Tilda stands very still. The clown nose rolls over and touches her foot. Cut to a stampede of all the test subject animals pouring out of the building and through the front gates. Tilda tucks swiftly between them. The security guard cowers in his booth as an elephant seal waddles past, knocking it over in the process. Later that afternoon, Tilda, in the civilian world now, sneaks around downtown streets. She hides away as a cop car drives past, lights flashing. The car stops and Tilda rushes down an alleyway. On the other side, she sees a car and opens the trunk with her powers. She stows away inside. The cop car patrols this block too, but eventually drives off. It is at this time that a shifty little man named Harry Wormwood, played by Danny DeVito still, and his young son, Mike, approach the car. Hey, can you believe this, Mikey? Your clumsy old man left his keys inside the car again. (laughs) Hand me that wire toy you got there. Don't worry, daddy's gonna fix this. Long wire in hand, Harry uses his elbow to bash in the car's front window. The alarm goes off, but naturally no one cares and just wants the noise to stop. (laughs) He drives the honking car all the way back to his house. 
While trying to turn off the alarm, Harry's nosy neighbor, Mitch Mitchelson, runs out of his house, arms a-flailing. Go. Turn it off! Turn it off! My wife is inside the house! It almost got it! Here we go! Harry unplugs the battery. Now let's see what else we got. Cut to an epic trunk shot as Harry opens the car's trunk. His face turns to dismay when he sees a very young girl in the trunk. I stole the wrong fucking car. Oh, <laughs> fuck, man. Uh, hi there, little girl. My name is not important right now. What's your name? Matilda. Matilda, huh? Okay, Matilda. Do you want to join our family on a really fun adventure? Matilda looks back and forth at Harry and Mike, slowly nodding. Okay, then. Let's get you inside the shack here. What do you say? Harry helps Tilda out of the trunk of the car. Oh, my word. Were you driving with a child in the trunk of your car? Mitch, what the fuck are you still doing out here? This is my daughter. It's just a fun game we play. Isn't that right, Matilda? Matilda nods. Well, I don't remember you having a daughter. Yeah, she's been staying with her grandma and pa for a few years, but they just died in the fire, so she's coming back home. Oh, uh, all right. Well, nice to meet you, Matilda. If you ever need anything, just come a-knocking. Cookies, candies, college tuition. You just help yourself. <laughs> Wait, Mar... College <laughs> tuition? Ugh. Marlene is barren, so we're desperate to fill the void. <laughs> Mitch <laughs> chuckles as he motions toward his wife standing in the window, glass of wine in her hand. It's 11 a.m. <laughs> Matilda nods to Mitch as Harry rushes her through the door and into the dilapidated house. Hey, Zinnia, you know how you always wanted a daughter? Well, here you go. Zinnia, Rhea Perlman, turns the corner with a cigarette in one hand and a lit one in her lips. Her expression changes from disgust to deep disgust. Ew, Harry, where on earth did you get this? Don't worry about it. Also, I boosted another car this afternoon. So you're welcome. Whatever. Xenia turns around to the stove and accidentally knocks her 40 ounce of steel reserve off the counter. Oh, no. Uh, Shit. Do her a favor. <laughs> Tastes like copper. The room stands in amazement as the 40 hovers in midair. Matilda uses her powers to guide it safely back to the counter. Now that is really something. You guys got something you got to settle here? Yeah. Why? At the time fucking Peter made me drink that 40 of fucking Steel Reserve out of the plastic bottle. No, it was Charles. No, it was definitely you. Oh, we made him drink the King Cobra in this. You made me drink that Steel Reserve. (laughs) Hey, I said we were going to drink 40s and play video games. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I had a good time. It was a fun day. Probably someone's listening to this and be like, this guy's a little bitch. Steel Reserve is fucking delicious. It's the crack of beer. Uh, I think it's awful. That's that's, that's on point. I love you, Pete. Yeah. It's the Canadian mist of beer. Back at the super secret science facility. Two FBI agents walk through the mess left behind after the stampede. (laughs) In the interview room... Agent Paul Rubens kneels down and dips his gloved finger into the exploded goo remnants of Dr. Gizmo. I was hoping Agent Paul Rubens would make an appearance. He licks his finger to get a taste for the room. It's blood! (laughs) Yeah, no shit it's blood, Sherlock. Says Agent Willem Dafoe as he unwraps his headphones from his MP3 player. Yes. Now let me 
get a feel for the scene. Oh, brother, not this again. Agent Defoe waltzes around the room listening to classical music and finger painting some of the blood on the walls. <laughs> a man exploded in here! <laughs> oh, man, everyone's favorite scene from the boondock scenes. Oh, you don't say. Amazing psychic energy in here. If this child were to fall into the wrong hands, say, like, uh, whatever foreign power we're currently feuding with at the time, she would become a very powerful weapon. Oh, I suppose it was all hunky-dory just keeping her locked up here, right? You're on point with that, Paul. <laughs> you hunky-dory. <laughs> it's a solid peewee. Yeah, yeah, fucking great. Uh, Agent Rubens, you don't understand science very well, do you? We have to find the subject, or else there will be consequences. Now... Comes the interactive part. <laughs> I'm going to need a Mad Lib help from you guys. All right. All right. All right. Call in right now. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. All right. Fuck you. So first, I really think about this. I need a high value commodity resource. Um, Uranium? Yeah, uranium. Right. Yeah, that's good, Des. Why are you so surprised? No, I just... The fuck are you insinuating no, I'm, I'm a dummy? That, no, I'm just saying it's really good off the cuff. All right. It could have said, like, that. gold or diamonds or something. You said you were All right. Those are good. Now I need a unit of measure. Um, gram. I kind of, like, <laughs> knew you'd say that. Because <laughs> I was going to say it, too. Yeah. So. There we go. Synchronicity. Not nosity. Synchronicity. All right. All right. Back to it. Back to Matil prequel. Matilquil. Matilquil. In the Wormwood's garage, a ragtag unit of dirty thieves are assembled. Okay, okay. I'm sure you all want to know what you're doing here. Each of you has a particular skill set necessary for this job. Dorian, you have the know-how. Baby Bowser, you're the best getaway driver I've ever known. Twister Rodriguez. Auto rocket was unavailable, but you're my second choice for skateboards. Always rocket power, Scott. Always rocket power. Just find a this way. This is to second time. Hey, bro, we're gonna go get microwave gas station bean burritos. Yeah, dude, we're gonna fart later. It's gonna be cool. <laughs> <laughs> um. Do you poke holes in my condoms, Twist? <laughs> Twister Rodriguez. Auto rocket was unavailable, but you're my second choice for skateboards. And my axe. Screams Gimli from the next seat over. <laughs> yep. Right. Right. I, uh, I was just getting to you, Gimli. You've got an axe. So, with our powers combined, we're going to pull off the biggest heist you've ever seen. Tonight, we're knocking over the uranium vault. Inside, there are over 200 million grams of uranium. <laughs> Worth an estimated 500 million smackaroos. Split five ways, that's 100 mil per participant. Then, we hold the majority stake of the product. Corner the market, raise the price. Supply and demand type shit. Sounds pretty sweet, huh? Dorian exhales cigarette smoke. <laughs> Everybody knows about the uranium vault. Everybody also knows it's locked up like Fort Knox. What makes you think we could break in? Harry reveals Matilda. Cut to outside the uranium vault facility. Nighttime. Dressed in dark camo clothes, the gang of crooks sneak up to the fence line. Okay, Matilda, do the thing. Matilda uses her powers to force the front gate open. A confused gate guard comes out to inspect when he is bludgeoned severely by Gimli's huge fucking axe. 
Harry gives a signal, and they enter the property. Dorian swings a grappling hook onto the roof, and they all climb to the top. Harry signals that they're right on top of the vault. He and Dorian use power drills to unscrew a gate in the side of the air ducts. Twister gives the thumbs up and drops into the grate on his skateboard. He flies down the tubing, shredding some major sick kick flips, pop shovets, dark slides, 50-50 grinds, impossible, burial heel flips, tail grabs, air walks, and the infamous hand plant Ollie North Indie nose grab McTwist before reaching the bottom of the air duct system. After disabling the alarm system at a panel, he radios in. Twister here. The lame has left the building. Got it, says Harry. They kick open the roof access door and covertly make their way down the stairs. Once they reach the proper floor, Dorian uses a mirror to look around the corner. There's too many guards by that entrance. Gimli stands up. Nonsense! The guards are standing idly by the vault door. Cue sexy music. Out walks Gimli in a sexy red dress. You guards! I'm sirening in your direction. Way to swerve, Scott. Way to swerve. I love you, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. That was zagging. I thought you were zigging. And I zagged. Yeah, let's actually not call what he's doing zagging right now, because that's gross. All right. To me. Is it? It's a thing? I don't know, but it sounds gross. Right. Zagging? He was zagging? Now I have my axe. My axe. Yeah. I love Gimli. Yeah. It's charming. Gets over his prejudices. The guards, magnetically pulled by their shallow sexuality, are lured towards <laughs> Gimli, who is showing off a very hairy leg. Oh. One of the guards gets closer. Hey, baby, I'm completely willing to forget my training for you. That's a pretty big beard you got there. Hey, wait a sec. <laughs> Gimli pulls out his axe and beheads the guard, blood spraying into the air like a fountain. He barrels through the remaining guards. Dorian rushes up and uses a stethoscope or whatever to break open the vault or something. Or whatever. Once inside, they all gasp in awe of the giant grams of uranium. There it is, boys. As they begin to package up the goods, Harry brings Matilda over to the wall. You see this wall, honey? I need you to break it down. Can you do that for Daddy? Matilda nods and concentrates. The wall begins to crack a little. She screams and concentrates even harder. The building shakes and rock and dust begin to fall from the wall. Finally, the wall cracks and crumbles to the ground. Dorian is impressed. Well, Harry, she really just brought down a wall with her mind. Ah, you know, stranger things have happened. Holy fuck, Scott. Oh my god. Oh my god. Wow. Oh. It's not in my thing. It's not in my story. But I actually thought about having the character of Sheriff Hopper in my thing, my oh, my, yeah. my sequel, and him saying that. <laughs> Jeez, well, that's really funny. But I didn't, so I'm a fucking asshole. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? Say it like what? Baby Bowser backs the truck up to the wall. All right, fuckheads, let's load this baby up. Come on. <laughs> The crew begins tossing packages up onto the truck. Baby Bowser. <laughs> a badly beaten guard crawls over to the desk and hits the emergency alarm button. Immediately, other guards begin swarming into the area. Gimli holds them off for a while, but eventually he is shot down. No. 
Let's fucking bail! Baby Bowser, step on it! The crew jumps into the back of the truck and exchange gunfire with the guards as they peel out into the parking lot. Wait for me! Screams Twister as he skateboards towards them. He pulls off a sweet, fakey switch ollie over a car, but is shot midair. <laughs> he sails through the air and into the back of the truck. Coughing up blood, he lies in Harry's arms. <coughs> One to finish like always, right, Auto Man? Don't you go dying on me, kid. Matilda, can you save him? Matilda shrugs, but tries anyways. Only she can't. She doesn't have that power. <laughs> Twister dies. Twister passes on. Like so much dust in the wind. <laughs> All we are is dust I in the wind. I fucking love this show. <laughs> I really do. Seeing a colleague die, not surprisingly, changes something in Matilda. She turns around and walks off the back of the moving truck. Only she uses her powers to land safely on the ground and then escape into the woods. Harry stops the truck and they look around for a moment, but leave when they hear the sirens. Cut to Mitch Mitchelson reading the newspaper in his nice, clean living room. Suddenly, the doorbell rings. Hmm! Now who could that be? Mitch opens the door to Matilda standing in the yard. He walks out to meet her. Oh, hello, Matilda. Have you come to live with us and have a nice, happy, normal life from now on? Matilda nods and smiles. All right, well, let's get you inside warm, fed, and content. I just recorded Shrek 3 on the DVR. I only just started it, so we can rewind it to the beginning if you want. Great. Matilda shrugs, but joins Mitch to head back inside anyways. Suddenly, Agent Paul Rubens steps out behind Mitch and blows his brains out all over the entryway. Ah. No! Screams Matilda, rupturing Agent Paul Rubens' eardrums. Agent Defoe grabs Matilda and takes her towards the van. Then... Something strange happens. Matilda is in the driveway watching as Agent Defoe puts Tilda into the van. Agent Paul Rubens is screaming and motioning to his ears, but he is not making any sound. Agent Defoe tries to comfort him and lead him back to the van. As the van pulls out of the driveway, it appears to dim in opacity. As it drives off, it literally disappears. Then, another Agent Defoe walks up and puts his hand on Matilda's shoulder. Say goodbye to Tilda. In this driveway, Matilda is born. And so it is in this timeline that you'll get to stay. Because you're a special kid. Now, in our timeline, Tilda comes with us. Afraid that's just the way it goes. But you'll get to stay here with the Wormwoods. It's not the ideal setup. But what would you expect from the government? You'll be free to grow up with a modern family and forget all about this terrible situation. And your powers, they'll subside. Unless, of course, your family is somewhat abusive, then they might resurface later. Matilda finally realizes she has a voice. But what about my friendly neighbor? Isn't there a timeline where he gets to live and I get to go live with him? Uh, no. No, there isn't. <laughs> it's kind of fucked up, but no matter what timeline he was on before, they were all destined to end right here. Crazy, right? The end! Wow. You you picked a route and you went with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like your use of Twister Rodriguez. Um, yeah, I love that. I, I love that your your prequel doesn't contradict anything in my sequel. 
at all. Good. She's part of the Matilda Expanded Universe. Um, or anything in my remake, since it doesn't matter. Just the fuck up with your remake, Peter. Wow. Fuck out of here. Wow. Lots to unpack there. Uh, yeah, MK, oh, yeah. MK Tilda. Yeah. Um, yeah. Normalizing uh, <laughs> <laughs> patterns of child abuse. <laughs> yeah. The Stranger uh, Things hitting me later is like, oh. Stranger things have happened. Uh, yeah. That's yeah, good job, Scott. Well, um, thanks. Yeah, thank you, Scott. So, what? What did? What did this? What are the stats? Yeah, the stats coming in with the stats. The stat is budget six. eighty million dollars. Expected profit one hundred million dollars. Because he doesn't want twenty more million dollars. Yeah. Actual profit break even with Netflix deal becomes cult classic. A second installment is released, but kind of really jumps the shark in a lot of ways. Some adults hate this children's classic for the same reason kids love it. It shows a good, smart child overcoming evil, dumb adults. Matt Berman, actual review for the book Matilda. Oh. This movie really reminded me of some of the fucked up stuff that happened in the 80s. And how cool sci-fi concepts look on the silver screen. 10 out of 10. Johnny missed a point from Lake Titicaca. <laughs> And that's all I is that got. Real, is that actual review for Stranger Things? No, no, but yeah, <laughs> no. it could have been. Could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, been. I wouldn't be. Surprised. Really good job, Scott. Yeah, uh, hilarious, fair as usual. Yeah. Uh, respect knuckles, and yeah. um, um, let's move on to um, I don't know what's um, what are the winds telling me? Uh, winds of change. Um, We're on to the sequel. All right, all right, Desmond. You have the sequel to a children's film. To a children's film. What are we going to do? Where are we going with this? All right. right. Are you ready? I would like to say that the last time Des had the sequel to a children's film, he gave us Sykes Tale, which is, um, if you haven't heard it, go back to Shark Tale and listen to Sykes Tale. Yeah. Listen to it now. So what what sequel have you cooked up, Desmond? MVP. Most Valuable Primate? Matilda versus Predator. What? Uh, <laughs> Tagline. What? No, stop for a second uh, here. Matilda versus Predator. Um, that's that's uh, going with this. Is that exactly what I think it's going oh, to be? Man. Um, it's gonna be goddamn close. It takes a few twists and turns, <laughs> but uh, uh, Matilda's gonna fight a fucking predator. So uh, <laughs> strap on in, folks. Uh, oh, tagline. Uh. Place your bets. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, okay, you guys got it. Obviously, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tagline. Oh, wait, I said that. Director <laughs> Guillermo del Toro. Um, oh. oh, okay. I'm going to have you know this is not because of the stylistic choice I I, I decided on. Um, this is just because I couldn't think of anyone. That's fine. So I, I mean, added a name to I mean, it. I love Blade 2. Okay. Synopsis. In a seedy motel in Guam, Mr. Wormwood, Danny DeVito, sits at his window with a snub-nosed revolver. He is wounded, bleeding from the shoulder. The Flea to Guam initiative had not panned out to his liking. Mrs. Wormwood, Rhea Perlman, sits across from him on the bed with Mikey, both noticeably panicked. Do, Do you think we lost him? Quiet! I hear footsteps. Who the hell was that? The feds? I, I know they want to take you down, but but to shoot you in the street? It all happened so fast. Did you get a look at the guy? No, it, it, it was a blur. Looked like a seven-foot turkey to me. A loud thud is heard at the door. The family freezes. 
Mr. Wormwood cocks his weapon. Silence. Then the door slams open, busting it at the hinges. The Wormwoods look in horror as they await their pursuer's entry, but no one appears. They look around the room in dismay. With their backs turned to the front door, the Predator decloaks himself and comes into view. Mr. Wormwood turns, or, turns around and in a startled tizzy, fires on the creature. The Predator looks at his flesh wound unfazed, then approaches Mr. Wormwood, grabs him by the neck, and tears out his spinal column. Ah! I mean, on brand, but ah! Mrs. Wormwood screams. Mikey vomits and passes out. <laughs> the Predator then approaches Mrs. Wormwood, staring her down, but walks past her to the room's closet. Predator grabs a duffel bag and dumps it out. He roots through the assortment of tacky clothes and bowling trophies until coming to a silky blue ribbon. He clenches the ribbon and brings it to his face and removes his helmet. The fierce warrior takes a strong whiff of the ribbon as to get a scent. Finding what he was looking for, he exits the motel room, leaving behind the mortified family of the corpse that once was Mr. Wormwood. All right, off to a rousing start, Des. Wow. wow. I'm, just, I'm, I'm hearing the rain coming down and yeah. like the, the bleakness. and Yeah, it's good. Smash cut. Red boldface title card against a black background. Matilda versus Predator. Badass. <laughs> Hell yeah. <clears throat> the children of Miss Honey's class at Crunchham Hall present for show and tell. So, uh, this is my favorite beanie baby. Chocolate. She's a moose. No. Oh. That is the that is the moose beanie baby. I looked that up. <laughs> I think moose are pretty cool. Miss Honey, Embeth Davids, comes to congratulate. Well, very good, William. Thank you for sharing. I like your moose, Billy. Class spins around in horror. We focus on Matilda, Mara Wilson, sitting alone in the back of the classroom. Oh well, uh, thanks, Matilda. My uh, brother gave her to me. No, you see, I really like your moose, Billy. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, you know, my brother, he, he gave it to me. He's like my hero, so really, you'd better let me hang on to that, Billy, for safekeeping. A sinister look comes across her face. Matilda stands up and begins to walk down the aisle, slowly. The rest of the class, even Miss Honey, remains seated and silent. Matilda comes to Billy's desk and opens it with her telekinesis. She levitates a drawing compass from the desk and brings the point right to Billy's eye. Ah. <laughs> she stares at him and smiles. Matilda grabs the moose from Billy's hand and slinks off back to her desk. She keeps the point of the compass on him for the remainder of class. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. The once sweet girl had become an unhinged and dangerous bully. No one truly knew what happened to Matilda for her to turn out in such a way. Although all signs point to a life filled with parental abuse and the discovery of godly amount of power at an extremely young age. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, I can't yeah, see that wow. any sort of damage. Maybe she grew resentful of her peers who couldn't keep up with her far superior intellect. Or maybe it was Miss Honey, whom she found competently enigmatic at best. She sat that afternoon at lunch recess watching the other children from afar, bending trees in the distance with her mind. That night at their home, Miss Honey and Matilda sat in silence. 
there was no fairy tale ending for those two. The relationship had become strained. Miss Honey had found it harder and harder to connect with her daughter. To make matters worse, she had become increasingly alarmed by Matilda's penchants for bullying other kids. And her. So, Matilda, have you read any good books lately? I know you've just been plowing through them. <laughs> Nothing at your reading level, Jennifer. Damn, <laughs> that's cold. Matilda, no mean to be rude. I'm just trying to talk to you. While that may be stimulating for you, rest assured that it is nothing but a distraction for me. Damn it, Matilda! What's happened to you? You bully other kids? You take things that don't belong to you? You're scaring people! I thought we agreed that you weren't to use your powers again. I'm sure you'd like to decide that for me. Wouldn't you, Jennifer? To stifle a limitless power I have? Why? Because you're jealous of me? That I'm unique? The only thing interesting about you is that your daddy was murdered? Miss Honey begins to cry. Matilda, sweetheart, why do you hurt me? Oh my god. Oh, I've got it. It's my youth. You're a bittered, unmarried hag. And I have my whole life in front of me. Miss Honey begins to sob uncontrollably. Matilda looks on him with disgust. Pathetic. Oh my God. Matilda gets up and wrecks the dinner table with her telekinesis, breaking dishes and sending food flying everywhere. Ah. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about abusive power. Oh boy. Boop, boop, boop. Oh boy. What the, okay. So if you just got knows, what the fuck do I call that song so I can find it? Uh, it I had it written down on the, the it's outline. In the, it's in the outline. Okay. Uh, but honestly, if you Google Umboy, it really is like number two. U-M-B- yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, will, it will come up. It will come up. It's also in the Ice Age uh, soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, it, right. uh, One of those songs that just gets keep getting recycled like, in kids' movies. It's some stupid band. I can't remember. Oh, Jesus Christ. They suck. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the local state prison... The Trunchbull, Pam Ferris, sits in her cell lifting weights. Trunchbull went down hard, taking the fall for the corrupt embarrassment that was the school district. Aggravated assault, child abuse, unregistered firearm possession, you name it. She was serving hard time. Suddenly she hears an electrical shortage. Standard fare for the putrid establishment. Without warning, a huge explosion erupts from the farthest wall of the prison. Sprinklers turn on and... Guards pour in the doorway, opposite the gaping hole in the wall. The Predator reveals himself through the smoke. Freeze! Yells one of the prison guards. The Predator makes his way forward and throws his smart disc at the screaming guard, beheading him. As the disc returns to the Predator, the other guards begin shooting as the Predator leaps into the air to dodge, scoring several headshots with his shoulder-mounted laser. As the Predator comes back down to the ground, he dispatches the remaining guards, up close and personal with his wrist blades. Several more guards storm in the room, single file, but the Predator pulls out a high-tech auto-extending spear and shish-kebabs them. Nice. With the onslaught of guards taken care of, the Predator walks up to Trunchbull, who drops her weights and steps up to the Predator, unafraid. I always knew one day you'd come for me. The Predator speaks in his native tongue. Ah, oh, 
So it's the girl you seek. Wretched little twit got me locked up. I'll tell you where she is. For a price. The Predator motions to her, as if to say, go on. Well, I'm not ever getting out of here. I'm gonna be locked up till I die. Give me a warrior's death. The Predator nods, as if to oblige. He rips the cell door open. Trunchbull gets on her knees and bows her head. The Predator brings out his long, machete-like blade stored on his side and brings it to the base of the Trunchbull's neck. You can find her at Crunchum Hall Elementary. And just do me one favor. You kill that bitch good. The Predator swiftly beheads Trunchbull, cutting through her neck surgically. He walks to the large hole in the prison as the other prisoners cheer. He jumps onto his ship that had been hovering on the side of the building. Calmly entering the cockpit, the hunter flies off to claim his bounty. The next morning, Miss Honey watches the news of the prison massacre on the TV as she eats her breakfast. She doesn't quite know how she feels about the Trunchbull's murder. Relief? Guilt? Matilda, honey, it's time for school. I'm not going. I have work to do. Miss Honey makes her way up the stairs to her daughter's room and tries to open the door. Now, Matilda. Suddenly, pieces of rebar explode from the wall and curl up, effectively locking the door. Matilda's work, no doubt. Miss Honey just leaves. As she drives to work, she gets lost in her own thoughts and begins to question her decision to adopt Matilda. Had she bit off more than she can chew? And if so, was that something she could even reverse? She arrives at school and heads to her classroom. A man in a trench coat, played by Ed Harris, is waiting there for her. Yeah. Gotta love Ed Harris. He tips his hat. Good morning, ma'am. I mean not to alarm you, but may I have a word? I'm not sure we've met. Are you with the district? <laughs> I guess, in a sense. <laughs> um, sure. But make it quick. School starts in about 15 minutes. The two head inside. The man sits down and helps himself to the apple on Miss Honey's desk. Jerk. What I'm about to tell you may alarm you, Miss Honey. It's about your daughter. What about her? Is she alright? She was sick today, so I left her at home. No, no. She's fine. And will continue to be fine, if you know what I'm saying. Um, no, I don't. What'd you say your name was? You think a person can have the abilities like young Matilda has and not be on the radar of a certain organization. Are you implying that you've been watching my daughter, sir? I'm going to have to ask you to leave. I know she's gotten violent. Jaded. I know the way she hurts you. I'm very sorry. What you fought with me? The massacre on the prison that held your aunt was no random act. That was the work of creature. No one quite knows where it came from. Well, where in the universe that is. Certainly not from this planet. A new one appears every so often. We've surmised that it's some kind of sport hunter. Seeks out the most cunning beings on our planet. Most dangerous game. Your Aunt Trunchable went toe-to-toe with one in her Olympic days. <laughs> and it's returned. To claim Matilda. Why should I believe you? Huh? This, this is ridiculous. Did you hear about the killings? 
precision. The speed. <laughs> what do you want with me? This, this thing is coming for my daughter. I can protect you. I can kill the bastard. Took one down before. Some bitch may have took my leg. Kunk, kunk. But I got him. But you surrender Matilda to the U.S. government for testing when this is all said and done. Her power must be studied. Hardest. Miss Honey bows her head in shame and complies. Good. Let's go. School's canceled today. The two head to Miss Honey's car and make their way back to Miss Honey's house. Sometime down the road, the Predator decloaks himself from the back seat. Oh shit, it's the fucking Predator! (laughs) (laughs) He turns around and tries to shoot the Predator, but the creature stabs Ed Harris repeatedly with its blade through the back seat. Ed Harris spits out blood <laughs> and screams. Both have a both head coughing up blood. So yep. And walls exploding, I should say. We did. Yeah. yeah. Will the, it continue? The classic three-pronged laser sight appears on the back of Miss Honey's head. But she intentionally rolls the vehicle. After the crash, she manages to pull herself out of the wreckage and limps her way the remaining few blocks home. No predator in sight. She bursts through the door, panicked. Matilda sits. Levitating, with her eyes glowing. Hello, Jennifer. Matilda! Why would you sell me to the U.S. government? Oh, shit, you're reading minds now? I always knew I couldn't trust you. Matilda then unleashes a psychic blast that sends Miss Honey flying back, incapacitating her. Matilda then hears a loud thud on the roof, then footsteps. A window breaks. The ceiling then explodes. And down drops the Predator. The mortal enemies stand off, face to face. Predator launches the smart disc at the young girl, who easily uses her powers to glide through the air and evade it. Matilda telepathically throws the kitchen knives at the alien warrior, who deflects them with his staff at inhuman speeds. Predator launches several laser cannon shots, but Matilda easily leaps around the room and evades. Predator triggers his cloak. Matilda closes her eyes to focus, trying to locate the monster with her mind. As she levitates in her trance, the invisible predator cuts off Matilda's arm. She screams, blood spraying everywhere. Pain quickly turns to anger, and she flings a fire poker at the predator, spearing him through and pinning him to the wall. She bends the metal poker to hook him in place. Matilda begins disassembling all technology in the room and assembling herself a prosthetic arm. Upgrading herself more and more, she fashions herself into a machine-human hybrid before the Predator's eyes. The child begins punching the Predator repeatedly with her wiry metal arm. The Predator's helmet cracks and falls off as it bleeds profusely. Matilda takes a look at its bare face. You're one ugly motherfucker. The Predator rips himself off the fire poker on the wall, grabs Matilda and throws her out the nearby window. Almost without hesitation, he fires a charge blast from the shoulder cannon only to be countered by Matilda, who flies back in the room, shooting her own psychic energy blast. The two streams of energy meet, and a large explosion ensues. Big Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Trading energy, you know, folks. The Predator lays, charred, but alive, trying to get to his feet. Matilda, surrounded by the rubble of the house, yet seemingly unscratched, writhes in pain. Her skin begins to bubble and expand. 
She morphs and swells into an ever-growing mass of flesh and circuitry. Oh my god, engulfing, you didn't. Engulfing everything in her path. Oh my god, you totally did. Miss Honey, who survived the explosion, comes to and looks on in horror as Matilda is now five stories tall oh my with god. a grotesque and nearly unrecognizable appearance. She gurgles and pusses, screaming in pain. Miss Honey, help me! A cybernetic tentacle extends from the mass that is Matilda, pulling Miss Honey in. She screams as she sucked into the wall of flesh. Nothing can stop Matilda. Fully engulfed in Matilda's bulbous body, Miss Honey is slowly crushed to death. Matilda can hear laughing from somewhere. It's the injured predator. He fumbles with the buttons on his arm-mounted control panel. A self-destruct sequence. The predator continues to cackle as Matilda's tentacles begin to suck him in as well self-destruct counter reaches one and before he can explode the predator plays back matilda's earlier insult you're one ugly motherfucker and then explodes matilda's deformed body is wiped from the face of the planet along with the predator no remains were left behind some people say that matilda was killed that day some say she ascended to a higher plane of existence somewhere deep in the cosmos we see nothing but the blackness of space when a big bang occurs, we then hear the words, I am Matilda. The end. Yeah. Okay. So some twists and turns. Um, I liked how it was Akira at the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Fucking psyched off. <laughs> did, did not see that coming for sure. Tetsuo! That's the uh, problem with merging with machines is that... Um, you gotta watch out. There's <laughs> a psychic energy thing in addition to the machine thing. It's comp. Akira's I'm glad you like that. Yeah, uh, I did, uh, Akira. Yeah. Any of Akira fucked me up, dude. It for totally a, messed yeah, me up. Yeah, uh, for a long time. Yeah. Um. um yeah. Like. Um, God, Matilda is such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I like how you went like the power going to her head, like sociopathy kind of way. Um, yeah, in case it's unclear, because <clears throat> I don't think we just we actually really went over it in the preamble. But at the end of Matilda, uh, she leaves her terrible parents, the Wormwoods, yeah, to live with her teacher, yeah. um, which is yeah, apparently very clear now, and I'm belaboring the point. But 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 <laughs> you know. Um, that that's what set this whole thing up, and yeah, excellent, ec- excellent way of like uh, you know showing the awkwardness of that situation. Just the haste she just jumped into this oh, situation. And, yeah. And, yeah, she had no shit about this girl. I mean, no, yeah, I kind of like her in class. And also, right, I think it's well, she's telekinesis. Yeah. Uh, Badass. There was really not much funny about that at all. No. So have fun, Audie, or uh, listeners. Um, <laughs> well, you really delivered on the concept of Matilda versus Predator. Uh, thank you. you thank you. Yeah, and I, and I would like to say, you know, we can't really, we can't do Predator on the show, so it was a nice workaround to do Predator. Yeah. Because we can't do it for the show. So I'll, I will say my favorite thing is... Uh, Trunchable requesting a warrior's death. Yeah, no, that's very <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that part was very good. <laughs> the illusion that like the predators uh, or the the Trunchable's Olympic time was like spent fighting predators or yeah. something. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I I was stoked off that. Sneaking in a little Ed Harris because why not? Right, which uh, may or may not be Sabretooth. Didn't say it. Will not confirm nor deny. That's interesting. Uh, um, so Rotten Tomatoes, tomatoes. tomatoes. <laughs> score. 32% critics. Uh, it's sad to see the genius of Roald Dahl uh, sullied by this popcorn tripe. 
Despite this complaint, Roald Dahl's estate tried to retroactively release Matilda vs. Predator, the book, as if it was the plan the whole time. <laughs> no one... <laughs> No one was really <laughs> fooled, but the drawings by Quentin Blake are lovely. Seventy-nine <laughs> percent well audience. Seventy-nine percent audience. Yeah, it was pretty good. There was Alien was in it and Cujo. Budget forty-five million. Expected gross profit fifty million. Actual gross profit one hundred forty million. A cross franchise delight for the whole family, and that Akira <laughs> ending definitely didn't scare the shit out of kids. <laughs> There nice. Go. All right, nice. Well done, Desmond. Woo! Um, oh, cool. Wow. That if anything was going to be Matilda versus Predator, that, that was, was indeed that was it. Matilda versus Dude, Predator. When, when fucking Tetsuo is turning that blob, oh, oh my and God. like like oh. like the nice girl just getting yes, crushed, crushed in that oh. massive and then chokes on her own blood. Fucking oh. horrific. Dude. Have you seen uh, Akira Scott? Yeah, it's been okay. a long time. Ooh. Okay, well yeah. Just just, just just watch like Akira transformation scene on YouTube. Oh, yeah. And just like, yeah. It's the best part. I, I can imagine. Pretty it's the good. best part. Yeah. The weird old kids. Yeah, man. The weird I, old kids. I know a lot of people hate that movie because it's not like true to the manga, but I, Whatever. I think that movie's awesome. I think it's good for what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Let the manga be the manga. Let well, the book we, be this the book. is a fucking long episode if there ever was one, but yeah. uh, let's let's move right along. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you for enjoying, guys. But uh, we have Remake from our resident Peter Hunter. All right, uh, gentlemen. Remake. <clears throat> Remake. Title Wormwood. Period. Like Helvetica font. Mm. Yeah. Wormwood. Tagline Living is easy. Growing up is harder. Alternate tagline Based on the novel Push by Sapphire. Alternate, alternate tagline Actually based on the novel by Roald Dahl. Directed by Dawson's Creek. The show? Don't overthink it. The whole shit? Like, don't, don't. The people who made the show? Or don't the, overthink the, it. The Creek? Synopsis Make Out Creek, Middle America, USA. Night. It was the kind of night that shone a particularly edgy and moody shade of purple in the moonlight. Just on the riverfront, you can just barely make out two teens, um, making out. In the backseat of some retro convertible that no teenager could possibly afford. Some hip synth pop band can be heard playing in the background. Also, uncomfortably loud kissing sounds because these kids mean serious business. <laughs> huh, Ch Charlie, did, did you hear something? Yeah, Violet, it was the sound of my pants coming off. <laughs> no, I'm serious, I, I heard something in the river. Ugh, babe, it's probably a turtle or something. No, I'm... A, really, a turtle? That, that was your first guess? Okay, I'm losing my heart on here. I'm just gonna get up and check. Wait, I'm I'm scared. Yeah, well, I'm horny. Welcome to being a teenager. Charlie gets up out of the car and pokes around the river's shore with a nearby stick. You see, babe, it's nothing. Whoa! A loud thud can be heard in the distance. Ch Charlie, are you okay? Violet bursts out of the car and runs towards the source of the sound. Yeah, I'm fine. I just didn't see. Charlie flicks on his cell phone light and illuminates the object that caused him to trip. That's weird. It's all wrapped in plastic. He uses the stick to move the top layer of the plastic aside. The two gasp. Violet, that's... I know, that's... Michael Wormwood. Cue title card. Also cue the Twin Peaks theme because sometimes yeah. an imitation just won't cut it, damn yeah. it. Uh, man. 
Same as you said. Thank you for classic. making that note on that because, like, I do think, like, man, the Twin Peaks theme just worked better there. Yeah. <laughs> A lot. Uh, more than you would think. All right, uh, Crunch em High, two weeks later. We see Matilda Wormwood, as portrayed by Zendaya, opening the front gate. <laughs> it, Mat- would be. it would be. It would be. It's perfect. It's perfect casting. Well, local girl, too. Yeah, from Oakland. Yeah. Um, She's 21. She can play 16. Uh, Matilda was (laughs) Matilda was the precocious 16-year-old daughter of Harry and Zania Wormwood, two car part import magnates and the last in the line of the founding family of the town. Matilda's parents have been totally indifferent to their son's death. Her father buried himself in his work, and mom, well, mom had to be reminded three times that Michael was even dead. The halls of Crunchum High were adorned with memorials to her older brother and classmate. It all rang false to Matilda. While a bunch of the kids always schmoozed up to Michael because of their parents' wealth, she knew for a fact that absolutely no one liked him, making everyone a suspect. The bell rings, and Matilda hightails it for Miss Honey's first period English class. Miss Honey, Tina Fey, had always been her favorite. (laughs) Not only because she had helped orchestrate skipping Matilda all the way to senior year, but also because of the lavender scones she always had ready in the morning. Midway through a scone, she spots that local screw-up Charlie Bucket hanging around the trash cans behind Miss Honey's classroom. Um, Miss Honey, could I have a bathroom pass? Uh, well, of course, Matilda. Now, don't be too long. Matilda, of course, never went to the bathroom, but instead rushed outside. Normally, she was a model student, but when it came into the investigation of her brother's murder, she was always willing to make an exception. The police had been keeping the whole thing close to the vest. She didn't know much, but she did know that they definitely ruled it out as an accident, which begged the question... Who in the town of Wormwood would be capable of murder? <laughs> hey, Charlie. Oh, um, uh, hi, Matilda. Look, I, I haven't asked yet because I'm sure you're sick to death of being asked it, but I just have to know. Just say it, Matilda. What were you doing when you found my brother's body? <sighs> I've told the cops everything a dozen times, Matilda. I got off my shift at Old Man Walker's Chocolate Factory, then grabbed Violet in my Grandpa Joe's old sports car. We were macking in the back seat, she heard a noise, then I found the body! That's it! <laughs> and it was just wrapped in plastic? Like someone had left in there. Was there anything else? Okay, um, I haven't told the cops this yet, but I found something under the body. Charlie, you have to tell the cops what you found! Oh, you're just like the rest of them, Matilda. Just, just stay out of my business. I, I have enough going on, okay? Charlie then runs off. Out of the corner of her eye, Matilda saw an older boy leaning against his motorcycle, a bomber jacket draped over his shoulder. It was that boy who lived on the outskirts of town with his aunts, the ones that ran that old peach farm. Mm-hmm. He was just so cool. Yeah. Hello, James. He's always been cool. <laughs> James has always been cool. I'm really cool. happy you did that. <laughs> James wistfully turns around as if he's contemplating something really deep, when in actuality it's no more symbolic than a video of a plastic bag caught in the wind. Just you <laughs> and I. Oh boy. <laughs> Matilda, I was waiting for you. Really? It seems like you were just leaning against your motorcycle. Matilda, if you have time to lean, you have time to glean. Matilda was much too smart to pray fall to such a poorly constructed line. But damned if that boy didn't have dimples for days. Oh, okay, James. Uh, why were you waiting for me? He tosses Matilda a motorcycle helmet. 
Pop on if you want to know the truth. Matilda did. James drove her deep into the wormwoods of, well, Wormwood. After about 15 minutes of driving deep into the redwoods, he suddenly stopped his bike. Oh, man. I love you, dude. We're here. Matilda hops off the bike and James drives away. There's a rumbling coming from the leaves just in front of her. She can just make out a figure. It was none other than head cheerleader and class president, Veruca Salt. Hello, Matilda. Thank you for meeting me here. Sure, Veruca. By the way, just pass the Bethal test. It's that easy. (laughs) That's all you need to do. Wait! I I passed. Yeah, you did. Fuck yeah. Got... (laughs) I think you only had one lady in your thing. Two, actually, but didn't didn't happen. Uh. <laughs> next time, gadget. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Inspector Gadget doesn't fucking pass for the. Fucking Hell no, it doesn't. There's one lady <laughs> in that whole movie. Uh, <clears throat> Matilda was confused. She had only ever interacted with Veruca in passing. While Matilda was generally well liked among her classmates, that didn't change the fact that Veruca was a few social circles above her. To come here, and it's not gonna be easy to hear what I have to say. But I have to say my piece, so please just. just let me say it. Matilda put her bag underneath her and sat for a spell. What Veruca had to say shook her to her very core. People have been running drugs into Wormwood, something called the BFG, short for its street name, B Fucking Giant. The drug made you feel huge in every sense of the word and was selling crazy well. Matilda didn't really hang out with the experimental types, so this was the first she was hearing of it. Veruca's father was the pusher. He bought and imported all the BFG into Warmwood, but he wasn't responsible for getting the drug across town. For that, he turned to a certain high school miscreant. Michael selling drugs? Not, not selling, he just figured out a way to move them around town without being detected. Didn't you ever wonder why Michael got pulled over all the time? Matilda had always assumed that her brother was a horribly irresponsible driver, but a lot of things were starting to make sense. The long nights out, the days skipping school, the newt left in her sock drawer when she was 15. Well, maybe that one was just because he was a dick, but still! You have to believe me, I don't know how or why Michael was killed, but that has to mean something, right? Veruca, I'd say this definitely means something. Fade to black, cue hip, mopey sad pop music. Think Lana Del Rey, but something much cheaper. Much much cheaper. Cut to outside the Wormwood household late at night. Matilda has spent the day partly learning earth-shattering secrets, but mostly ditching school to read in the park. As she opens the door, she spots an old, familiar figure. It was none other than Principal Trunchbull, as played by Melissa McCarthy. Ah, uh, look who's finally joining us. The Trunchbull, as students called her, had that's, the least... That's a good casting. Yeah, right? I think she'd do a good like, job. That was sad to set in for like two seconds, but I was like, mm, she, I think yeah. she'd do a good job with it. She can be hammy. Yeah, she fucking... Oh, yeah. oh, 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 she can be hammy? <laughs> I'm sorry, yes, yes. Uh, I'm saying the obvious here, yes. Um, I, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. The Trunchbull, as students called her, had the least regard for students out of any public school employee Matilda had met in her short 16 years. There have been rumors for years about her using school funds to pay for her own, let's just say, lewd interests, but no one was able to prove anything. Matilda had even seen her pole vault a student over the fence. Seriously, the kid broke three bones in their leg, but again, no one was able to prove anything. Hello, Miss Trunchbull. I was just discussing your recent truancy with your mother here. Zania Wormwood, as portrayed by Rachel Dratch, 
seemed about as interested in the game of The Price is Right she was watching, or the terrible dye job she was in the middle of, as she did her daughter's education. And let me just say we're both very, very disappointed in you. I I'm sorry, Miss Trunchbull. I assure you it won't ever happen again. Well, see to it that it doesn't. In the meantime, I've gotten assurances from both of your parents that you will be allowed no books nor social activities for the next three months. Mom, come on! Three months? Oh, come on! It's coffee! How do you budge a category that's something you need in the morning? I mean, come on! It's coffee! She shouts at the TV. Well, looks like I'll be seeing you around, Miss Wormwood. The Trunchbull tips an invisible hat toward Matilda in typical milady fashion and exits. <laughs> Matilda couldn't believe what transpired. Michael did school and screwed around all the time, and Trunchbull had never visited home for him. Welcome home, sweetie. The voice rang cold. It was her father, as portrayed by Ray Wise. Some imitations just aren't worth it. <laughs> Why settle for less? Why settle for less than Ray Wise? I love you, Ray Wise. You're, you're a wonderful actor. But this is not the first time Ray Wise has come up in no, the podcast. Uh, oh, yeah. No, it isn't. No. It's usable. Nor Melissa McCarthy. God bless prequel sequel remake. <laughs> uh, Best show available. Yeah, even if I can guess. Yeah, yeah I wish. Like Damn. Ray Wise sitting right yeah, here. Sitting over there, yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm Ray Wise. Uh, fuck, fuck our movie scripts. Let's talk about Ray Wise. No, no, no. But, but, but Scott, you see, when you, when you brought up Commander Bing. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Uh, you, you're, you're making me blush, Rewise. Uh, <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, walk, uh, welcome home, sweetie. It's Raywise. All right. Raywise playing the dad. Uh, <clears throat> hey, dad. Sweetie, what did we tell you after Michael had his accident? Da dad, I was just... I didn't ask you what it was. I asked you... What we told you. No funny business. Louder. No funny business. That's right. And I really don't find anything you've done in the last 24 hours too funny. This is the most depressing fucking episode. <laughs> I think yet. Yeah, uh, like, we like, really, we really we, just like, yeah. like, 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 just skewed on the fucking like, like. All the don't get me wrong, it's still the, funny, but like the, the whim, the whimsy is gone. Yeah, yeah, the, we the, all the, just like yeah, chose to be thirty-year-old men. The yeah. Macabre, yeah. allegedly, macabre. allegedly, allegedly, we're thirty. Dad, if this is something about the Trunchbull set, oh, you should thank Miss Trunchbull. I wanted to be much harder on you, but she talked me down. Dad, I, I'm not Michael. No. No, you are not, Michael, because you are alive, and I intend to keep you that way. In a fit, Matilda tosses her book bag to the floor and runs to the one place she knew she could be alone, the roof. This is my house, Matilda, and we will all be safe under my roof. Fuck, Peter. <laughs> she cried for hours uninterrupted. She had so few comforts in life. Her brother was dead. Her parents didn't care about her. And now all this? It was almost too much for a teenager to take. Suddenly, she felt a buzz in her pocket. It was a text message from Charlie Bucket. Meet at the creek. Now. It read. Matilda wiped the tears from her eyes. What could it mean? She stood and turned toward her window. But suddenly, her feet weren't on the roof anymore. 
She was falling toward the ground. She could just barely make out a figure from the top of the roof. Someone pushed her. But who? Matilda gazed toward the ground in a fit of terrible emotion. She couldn't believe it was going to end this way. So many things unresolved. So many questions unanswered. Her rage boiling her blood from the outside in. Just as she had resigned herself to her fate, she noticed something. She wasn't falling anymore. Somehow she was floating very safely and slowly drifting toward the ground. Matilda landed gently on her feet and looked up at the roof from whence she had fallen. The figure scurried off into the woods behind the house. There would be time to figure out what the heck just happened. Matilda wanted answers now. She chased after the figure. She couldn't make out a lot about them, only that they were just a bit taller than herself. She ran as fast as her legs could carry her, when suddenly, she tripped in a massive thud. She was out cold. Several hours later, Matilda was awoken by the sounds of birds chirping and by the sting of the sun in her eyes. She felt a massive bump on her forehead. What time was it? What day was it? She checked her phone. Ten missed calls and dozens of texts. James, the school, Miss Honey, Violet. Why was everyone calling her? She opened the messages. Matilda, Matilda have you seen Baruch's oh, video? OMG, Matilda, have Matilda, you seen it? call me. We need to talk. Girl. Matilda, open Snapchat. Matilda, have you checked your Snapchat? Matilda, open your Snapchat. She checked. She still had service out in the woods. She opened the first message on Snapchat. Hello, everyone. Exciting news today. It was Veruca Salt and her father. She held up a sonogram. I was trying to keep this under wraps, but <laughs> I'm expecting. Uh, yeah, it looks like the cheer squad is getting a new junior member. <laughs> now, I know you're all wondering who the father is. Well, was. Matilda gasped. Veruca hadn't told her everything. She knew Michael more than through her father's drug operation. Michael was the father of her unborn child. <laughs> Matilda's hands went weak and she dropped her phone to the soft earth below. Wait. It wasn't earth. It was something brown? What was it? Is this... chocolate? But that wouldn't concern Matilda because of the source of what was lying before her. She wouldn't have believed it she wasn't seeing it with her own eyes. But she had to confront the cold hard truth of it all. This was absolutely real. Charlie Bucket was dead. To be continued in part two. Yes! Whoa. <laughs> um, so, backstory for this. I wrote this. It's There's more. It's like 14 pages long. Um, if you go to prequelsequelremake.com slash blog right now, part two will be there. In the future, future Peter has put it there. So wow. you can read it there if you want the conclusion. Um, I like that. I like that. It's just it was going to be way too long, and that's the most satisfying place to end it right there. So um, nice. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's nice my remake. Um, um, very Twin Peaksy. The Twin Peaks slash Roll Doll expanded universe yes, shit. Yeah. Uh, um, um, oh, there's man, more. I just I, I just love that type of weird pairing, and and I man. But Peter, did you wash your hands before you sat down to write this episode? I washed my fingernails too, Scott. Really? Because I see some dirt way up underneath your fingernail. Desmond, 
Peter did not wash his hands before sitting down to write this episode. God, is that from the deleted scenes from Firewalk with me, or is that actually in Firewalk with me? Uh, that's it's in Firewalk with me, right? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, but uh, how about we? Someone needs to incorporate the uh, Mitchum brothers. Oh, I from, love uh, that. from yeah, the return. So People are very stressed Forget, uh, these days. J- J- Jim Belushi yeah, and, and his best and, role ever. He has the fucking. Pie. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. man, yeah, go watch Twin yeah. Peaks if you have. Yeah, so, all of it. Twin Peaks: The Return. Yeah, um, amazing. Yeah, you gotta watch the original. Yeah. Everyone yeah, will tell you. Everyone will tell you how much season two sucks. Now you shouldn't watch it, but you it, should only skip like five episodes. No, 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 no. There's a lot of bad. It stuff sucks, but two. you should just watch. Okay, it. fair. <laughs> um, also, I'd say Riverdale was a big inspiration for this as well. We're yeah, Riverdale. Um, All right. I enjoy Riverdale quite a bit, but I imagined if they rebooted this, it'd be kind of like that because you know Riverdale is like Josie and the Pussycats, a bunch of other Archie characters in. Mm. The town of Riverdale, so that's why there's it's all the roles. It's a vessel for them characters. to kind of like make a, a hip thing out of, out of Archie Comics characters that are classically lamer than fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I did, in, but I do enjoy Riverdale. I will say that. On about oh man, it's, 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 it's like it's Twin Peaks. Ar- Archie and it's like Twin Peaks. <laughs> like yeah, Jughead. Oh, Jughead fucks. <laughs> Jughead's a fucking Desmond. punk. Everyone does. Oh, everyone fucks. <laughs> but Jughead's, uh, I think, one of the sweet life kids. It's, didn't, it's yes. Dylan or Cole Sprouse. It's Cole Sprouse. He's a little yeah. hunk, and he D- didn't yeah. Archie die. In the comics, yes, he took a bullet for his gay friend because someone wanted to kill them for being gay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what happens. That's what happens. That's I, so fucking weak. I have, I, I have nice an issue do, of it. I have an issue of it right there in that stack of comics. That's what happens. I'll believe you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, just to clarify, I don't mean that's weak that he did that. I think it's just like no. such a pantering Archie comics I mean, thing to do. I don't know. I think it's and cool Archie's that Archie's dead. <laughs> like, Archie. Not, yeah. It's a cartoon. You don't need to kill him. I mean, but hey, that's fine. If you're ready for it to be over, it's over. It's much like this podcast. Yeah. And just this episode. And uh, wow. Yeah, if I don't read well, my stats. Except for the stats. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Rotten Tomato score. Critics, 72%. Not as charming as the original, but hey, you can't beat a good cliffhanger. Danny DeVito. The Danny DeVito Times. Audience, 99%. Struggled with real life issues like your brother dying and also cell phone reception in the woods. Brittany, high school, USA. Budget, $25 million. Expected gross profit, $220 million. Actual gross profit, $345 million. Don't underestimate teenagers, folks. Trivia Danny DeVito filmed six separate cameos, none of which made the cut in the final film. This was originally meant to be a pilot for a CW show. David Lynch was not amused. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, hey, folks. This has been Prequel Sequel Remake. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, we had a lot more to say about Matilda than I ever fucking thought we would have. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that kind of makes me happy. Yeah. Because that's something I love about this show. Yeah, yeah. man. But anyway, uh, uh, you know, catch us next time. We have a very special show. Yeah, I'm doing. Coming soon. So here. next time, um, I guess, like, let's just not, let's not bury the lead. Let's just get on with it. Um, we're going to do Will Smith's. Best performance of the mid nineties. No, wild, wild, wild. West. West. 
Um, and we're gonna have a special guest star. Yeah, the, a first for people sequel remake. Yeah. Um, a good, a good close friend of ours. Yes, is gonna come and sit in, and then and 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 we may be. I'm I'm just saying we may be introducing a new role to the the, the PSR paradigm we have set. Uh, um, but 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 be sure to tune in. Um, I hope you like the long episodes because that one's definitely gonna be longer than fuck. Yeah, they're just gonna be long. Yeah, we now. might have to have a page cap on that one. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> we definitely will. Um, so thanks everyone. Um, if you like what you heard, prequelsequelremake.com. Donate button right there. But honestly, just leaving a comment, liking, subscribing, all of that means a lot to us. Um, pre-sequel cast on Twitter, Facebook, prequel sequel remake, Instagram, same thing. Um, and yeah, um, and let's just roll out with that clip of David Lynch talking about why you shouldn't watch movies on your iPhone. Now, if you're playing the movie on a telephone, you will never in a trillion years experience the film. You'll think you have experienced it, but you'll be <clears throat> cheated. It's a, such a sadness that you think you've seen a film on your fucking telephone. Get real. Send me a man.